remain risen and receive these words of Scripture from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 4. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left with him. And suddenly the angels came and waited on him. Receive what the Spirit is saying. Thank you for your welcome on this day and to be with you during this season of Lent. It is my great joy. Will you pray with me? Jesutawapano, Jesus, we are here for you. Amen. Over the years, I've come to appreciate more and more the Christian calendar. I I don't know if it's because this ritual of keeping the Christian calendar has become a part of my spiritual discipline. That's the very spiritual side. The other part is um, it's nice to have patterns so you don't forget things. So I'm realizing that I'm getting to that place in my age where I'm forgetting things. But I also think that the real reason is because With the Christian calendar, I get to kind of look back at where I've been, what God has brought me out of, and where I'm at at this moment. Think about it. Where were you last Lent? Who were you with? Maybe you're not with that person anymore. Maybe you're in a different season. Actually, uh, at the plan, at the national plan, we have this word that we use that kind of guides our work as we partner with conferences. It's called acompañamiento. And it means, it's the word that we use, uh, that you might use or find in a piece of music. It undergirds the melody. 
supports it. So we consider a privilege our work to support the work of conferences as they build beloved community and what that looks like. Perhaps this is what the Christian calendar can offer us. A journey partner, an acompañamiento through the seasons of life, through the ebbs and flows, because we need moments that pause us. We We need rituals that help us mark these moments in our lives. I had a liturgical studies professor once, and she would start her class by saying, what time is it? And at first, we would give her the actual time. And then after a while, we kind of caught on that she was not asking what time it is chronologically. And then afterwards, we kind of got the gist that she wasn't asking for the time or season that I, uh, or that we would be in at that particular date. She was asking us, What season are you in? Are you in Lent? Are you in Easter? Are you still in Advent? I have a sister and a good friend who can't wait till October comes because they want to watch Hallmark Christmas movies. I want to poke my eyes out, but... They want to watch Hallmark movies. And then one of them actually, in October, will begin to put up Christmas decorations as he watches the Hallmark Christmas movies. So I usually don't go visit him during that time because it, 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 it messes with me, right? Now, listen, I'm Puerto Rican. We have the longest Christmas celebration probably in all of the world. We start in November. November 1st, before Thanksgiving, right? We start in November, and then we go into January 12th, and depending where your town is, where you're from, each town has a patron state, and there are some festivals around the patron state, and they can go into the end of uh, January. So needless to say, it's a lot of Christmas. A lot of Christmas. Now, I think that we do that for two reasons. One, we love to gather as a community. But two, life is hard. And celebrating long doesn't necessarily change the fact that life is hard, but it might help you get through it a little easier. The Christian calendar helps us, nudges us, to move along through some seasons. We can fight it by overextending our celebrations. (laughs) Or we can embrace the ebbs and the flows as a part of the way God wants to talk to us. Now, I'd like for you to engage with me in an exercise. See those three-by-five cards that you should have received? I 
would you take a moment and write down all the words that come to your mind when you hear the word darkness? All the words that come to your mind. Take a moment. It's okay. You will not be graded. It's all good. Nobody will see your card. The book that accompanies this series, I encourage you to get, is by Dr. Barbara Brown Taylor, Learning to Walk in the Dark. And she provides us some metaphors that uh, we have learned to use in society around the words dark and light, particularly when we're having conversations around spirituality. Historically, we have come to associate all the things that we consider bad or evil, and by conjecture, all the persons we consider wrong or evil or bad with the color of dark or black, or brown. Now, we don't have to go too far. This is something that is part of us. You don't have to go too far. Just look at your list. How many words did you associate darkness with, like, fear? Avoidance, we want to avoid the dark. Danger, sadness, depression, emptiness. Notice how many negative things you may associate with darkness. You're not alone. We all do this. This is not about, you know, the color of your skin or your ethnic uh, uh, identity. This has nothing to do with that. It's about the way that we're socialized to hear those words. And uh, I just have to say that predominantly Christianity has done this thing of light and dark. I mean, it's in the Bible. We kind of read it. (laughs) Jesus says, I am the light of the world. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. That's the gospel of John. And there's no question about what Jesus is trying to say here about the truth that he is bringing. But the problem is that we've co-opted, and to a certain extent, hijacked these words. And we've used them to determine value, worth, sacredness, 
And we've even used them to separate us. We've used them to describe people, places, and things, the dark continent. The blackness of a sinful heart. Or my favorite, white collar crime, as if crime has a color. What's up? What's up with that? Being in a dark place as uh, as a reference or a place of pain and depression. However, what the calendar might be inviting us to do, and what I'd like to invite you to do, is what if we deconstruct this notion of darkness that we have? What if during this season of Lent, you look at your list and you begin to say, well, what other words can I use for darkness? What other words can I use to describe this thing? Now, now this, this, is, this is hard work because even as children, right, we're given these definitions. I grew up in a very religious household and it was clear clearly defined for me. In fact, so much so that I hated to be in the dark. And I didn't like the dark corners of my room because for me, what I was taught was that evil and spiritual darkness was there. Over the years, I've learned something about the dark that I think we forget, and that is that day and light are both part of the same day. That's Genesis. David says in Psalm 139, but you see in the dark because daylight and dark are all the same to you. What if we got it all wrong? or at least this part? What if we're so used to emphasizing the danger of dark that we've neglected to see the beauty of it? I think that's what the Christian calendar reminds us or wants us to do. And we begin by being led into the wilderness by the Spirit. Now, the wilderness can be all kinds of different things, but one of the things that it can be, especially for the early monastic tradition and the early mystic traditions, like Julian of Norwich and Teresa de Avila and St. John of the Cross, it was a place of holy darkness, a place of discovery. St. John of the Cross describes it this way, in that happy night, In secret, seen of none, seeing not myself without other light or guide, save that which in my heart was burning. Now, when we talk about I'm having a dark night of the soul, it has nothing to do with what St. John is talking about. St. John is willingly going into this dark place because he believes There's holiness there. He's not alone. Abraham 
was asked to sit under the stars at night to count his blessing. Moses is led into a dark cloud to have conversation with God. Ruth, I love this story. Ruth is asked to go into somebody's bedroom <laughs> at night and sleep in their bed in their, on their feet to find family. We don't like to talk about that story, but it's there. <laughs> the two Josephs, the Joseph in the Hebrew text and the Joseph in the New Testament, they both have dreams at night. And they hear God's message. The Spirit's call is to enter into the darkness is Jesus' call into the darkness. Jesus could not have answered the tempter the way he answered had he not got into that space of darkness. Because I believe that that's where Jesus was discovering this whole thing that's about to happen. This call, this is where Jesus heard the voice again. You are my beloved child in whom I am well pleased. Forty days, forty nights, holy darkness. I believe in the holy darkness we might be able to confront the voices, and the things that keep us from hearing clearly who we are and who God calls us to be. I'm going to invite you to do one more exercise with me. Will you breathe in and breathe out? Place your hands over your chest. Close your eyes. Sit in the dark. Now breathe in. And say, Jesus, I'm ready for the dark. 